It is very easy to recognize the beauty in God's creation when we're surrounded by the trees, the breeze, the, the sound of the birds, even the rain and the wind in the branches and the, the farmer on his combine harvester in the distance behind me. It is very easy to recognize the beauty in God's creativity when we're surrounded by these natural things. Even these things which are temporary, these things which will die, that will decompose. There is a beauty here. But we mustn't remain simply in seeing the beauty that is so limited and temporary. We must allow this beauty to bring us to mind of the eternal beauty of God's kingdom. To look beyond these temporary things to the kingdom so full of beauty and joy that we cannot even comprehend it, that words cannot capture it. In the life of St. Pisius, there is a story where he was visited by a martyr. A saint visited him and told him that the joy and the beauty of God's kingdom is such that if we knew it, we would suffer martyrdom continuously for a thousand years, for it would seem as nothing compared with the beauty of God's kingdom. This brief time on earth has one purpose, and that is to prepare the soul to live eternally in God's kingdom. To prepare the soul. This is our calling, and if we, if we die and are laid in the grave as the richest man on earth, or the most successful man in worldly terms, but have not prepared the soul for God's kingdom, then we have wasted this life. We have wasted the opportunity that God has given us. For this opportunity is now, as we breathe, as we live, to prepare the soul for God's kingdom. Who amongst us, if the body grew sick, would not seek out the appropriate remedy? Or who doesn't even notice the pains and the sicknesses when they come? Who doesn't try to give the body good nourishment to keep it from wasting away or growing sick? And yet, the soul is worth so much more than the body. And how neglectful we can be of what is eternal. For this body will die. It will be raised on the day of judgment, as all of us will be raised. But for now, this body will die. And it is the soul that we must look to, that must, we must care for. Jesus tells us, through the words of St. Paul in his first letter to St. Timothy, we must lay hold of eternal life. Let us hear Christ's message in the words of St. Paul. Lay hold of eternal life. Not to be passive, not to sit back and imagine that it's job done, but to strive, to struggle, to work. This is what Christ calls us to. This is what St. Paul reminds us of. We who long to live in God's eternal kingdom must do more for the soul than we even do for the body. We must enter the, the struggle to, to purify our inner life. This is our calling, to purify our inner life. We are called to guard, to be watchful, to prevent 
poisons from entering us. Who amongst us would be so foolish as to drink poison, physical poison, and bring death or sickness to the body? And yet, we can be so neglectful of what we allow into the body, into the soul, the soul which is eternal, the soul which is a, a small glimpse of heaven, something so precious. We are called to guard the senses, what we allow our eyes to rest on, what we allow ourselves to listen to, the luxuries of this life, the things of this world. We are to guard and protect the soul, be watchful, watchful of everything that we permit to enter into ourselves. For there is spiritual poison that we permit to damage, to poison, to harm, to disfigure the soul. We are called because God created us in his image and likeness, a likeness that we have disfigured and we are called in repentance and in purification to restore through his grace. When we struggle, he grants us his grace to restore the likeness within us. How can we dare even speak of God creating us to resemble him in any way at all? And yet God calls us to resemble him in, in virtue, in dignity. This is our calling. We must remember the dignity, the high calling of our soul which God has created us with, which is that precious part of ourselves. And just, just as we not only not drink poison, but we nourish the body. We nourish the body with what it needs. So too we must nourish the soul, the inner life. We nourish the soul, of course, through prayer, through, through church attendance, through making our confession, through receiving Christ in Holy Communion. When we repent and seek to be humble before God, when we remember, remind ourselves that everything that we achieve in this world is the fruit of God's work and power in us, that we don't lay claim to anything as our achievement to glorify ourselves. This is how we nourish the inner life. This is how we begin to purify the inner life, to guard the inner life. Christ says to us, even if we were to fulfill every one of God's commandments, it would remain as nothing. Our good works would be as dirty rags before God, always mixed with selfishness and pride. We are called to repent, yes, and recognize our sinfulness, how far we fall short, how negligent we truly are of our soul and our inner life. But we mustn't allow this to be the cause of despondency. When Jesus healed the paralytic, he first forgave him his sins and the Pharisee said, who is this to heal this man? Can he heal this man? Can he forgive this man his sins? And Jesus healed him to demonstrate his power. He is the one who has the power to both heal and forgive. We must guard against listening to that same voice of the Pharisees. When we recognize how sinful we truly are, how far short we fall of this high calling that God has given to us, there will be a voice sometimes that says, you, 
Will God really forgive you? Look at your sins. Look at how far short you fall of all that God wants of you. God, though, he says to us in Christ's words, be perfect even as your Father is heaven, is perfect. He sees, he knows, he understands our frailty. And in his love and mercy, so long as we continue to get up when we fall and to struggle and to repent, he will accept us and he will forgive us. The heart becomes a place where the Holy Spirit will dwell to transform us. Not when it becomes perfect, because we will not be perfect, but when we struggle. We are falling short and we are sinful, but when we struggle and we repent and we seek to guard the soul against the impact of these things in the world that attract us, the Holy Spirit will dwell within us and will purify us and will enable us to begin to change, to begin to be purified. God's Holy Spirit will bring God's grace to us when we struggle. And it is God's grace in response to our struggle and our faith and our trust in Christ that will make us worthy to know the beauty of God's eternal kingdom.